Welcome to Murder, She Don't, the movie podcast where we watch horror films because he likes them. But she don't. But then we talk about them because she does like talking. I do. And he does too, as long as it is about horror movies. Today we're talking about the 2016 British, uh, very low budget movie, The Unkindness of Ravens. Yes. Directed by, I don't know how to pronounce his name, L-A-W-R-I-E. Laurie? L-A-W-R-I-E. Yeah, Laurie. Laurie Brewster. Lowry. Lowry Brewster. I wonder if he's into seasonings. Oh, yeah. Possibly. And (laughs) then uh, written by Sarah Daly, starring uh, Jamie Scott Gordon. And, uh, yeah, he's a pretty good actor because he has to be. He carries this entire movie, yeah. The entire thing. So, before we get into the movie, though, uh, we talk about content warning. Sensitivities. Uh, This one's pretty gory. Uh, It's, like... Pretty cheaply made gory, though. Yeah. And it's covering some intense uh, subjects, PTSD and suicide. Combat, and, combat zone. and Yeah. So it mental is, health. Yeah. It's if you have, uh, you know, uh, any sort of PTSD, this this movie might be hard to watch, even though it seems like that's kind of what it's who it's made for. Yeah. Um, but and we'll get yeah. into that when we when we wrap it up. But y- yeah. And would you recommend this one? No, uh, a spoiler-free recommendation. I don't know. I have such mixed feelings about this one. The imagery is beautiful. Like, the cinematography is fine. But the imagery that they use, albeit, like, a mishmash of lots of different cultures in there. But I think the imagery is great. There's a strong concept. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily good. You know? Yeah. Like, the execution of this one is not necessarily good. So, uh, uh, if you see it, like we picked it up, I I gave it to you for Christmas mm-hmm. because I saw it at the Dollar Tree, which is now the Dollar Twenty Five Tree. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you have a dollar twenty five to spend, it's not the worst movie we've picked up from there. So yeah, yeah, uh, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, there's a lot I really like about this movie, uh, but I don't know if I can like actually recommend it to anyone because it's so strange. It is, it, yeah. It's it's one of those movies. It almost feels like an A twenty four film, mm-hmm. but made for the pocket change. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it definitely feels like if this movie had a higher budget and better editing, this movie could have been something like really, really good. Then maybe they could have afforded a plot. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely needed some editing, uh, yeah. which is strange because the movie is actually very short, but we'll get into that. So uh, to get into the story, it's pretty simple. Um, Andrew is a homeless vet who uh, was in Afghanistan. His therapist is like, hey, why don't you go stay in uh, this My cabin? friend's yeah. art studio. So you can work on your photography, right? That's that's what he wants to do is he's a photographer. And he's a, like, she encourages him to write. Yes. And uh, so, so I don't know if that's a therapeutic tool or something that he found joy in at one point. Mm-hmm. But he writes poetry. He he writes journal entries. Like he's writing this whole time. And he also they they mention quickly he's got a phobia of ravens. Right. Like ravens freak him out. He doesn't like being around them. Correct. And uh, she's like, hey, have you ever taken pictures of ravens? And he's like, no, no, I I don't want to. And she's like, sometimes confronting our fears is a good way to kind of deal with that. But anyway, he ends up going to stay in this cottage out in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. in like the Scottish Highlands. And he starts losing his mind. Like he's like he's I don't don't even know how to describe the story of this. He's out there and he starts um, seeing things, seeing mm -hmm 
people dressed in black and like the the plague doctor masks like a raven skull kind of looking thing start to come forward from from the hills mm-hmm. towards the house and so he like hides and then that episode ends and so he carries on and then he sees somebody in uniform saluting him out in his yard out in the yard of like really close and he starts freaking out and it turns out it's <laughs> it's him in in uniform and so he starts having the hallucination that he is talking to himself and thank god because until this point there had been little to no dialogue yeah the first 30 minutes of the movie is just so slow the first like five minutes are setting up like hey we're gonna send him to the highlands and then after that it's just like okay here's an interesting shot of some dead animals Right. And by the way, if you uh, have a phobia of dead animals, there's a lot of dead animals in this yes. movie. He, at one point, locks himself out, and so he sleeps on the bench. He wakes up, and the door is open. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks somebody's inside the house, and it ends up being him. Like, mm-hmm. it's a hallucination. Yeah, it's just, it's surreal, because you don't know what is real and what is part of his mental breakdown. Yeah. Like, he's full-fledged having a mental breakdown out in this space and i call into question the ethics of the therapist um there was a a very like i i know this isn't like supposed to be what i was focusing on but in the therapist scene they very clearly rented out an old office Mm -hmm. space and there was a stain Mm -hmm. a very mysterious stain on the floor and i'm like well there's red flag number one (laughs) and then red flag number two is like hey you're having trouble with your mental health go and isolate yourself from everybody so you can have a full-fledged meltdown Mm -hmm. and i'm like why would she do that this is this is crazy and it's not even her place it's like her friend's Mm -hmm. place and he i'm like man does do people have that relationship with their therapist and maybe they shouldn't you know maybe maybe the therapist needs to take a continuing education class on ethics but anyway so he ends up calling her from a payphone and she's like well just keep writing are you writing just keep writing and i'm like bitch he's he's having a meltdown tell him to come back like i i at multiple points in this story i'm like why doesn't he just leave like mm-hmm. this is not his place. He doesn't know, and he's like creeping back in after spending a night on the outside, thinking there's somebody inside. And I'm like, oh well, it's probably the owners, right? Why doesn't he just like, hey, hi, my therapist sent me here. I'm sorry. Like, are you the owner? Like, why are you automatically on edge and and choosing violence to somebody who? might actually own this property but at the beginning he's taking stock of the land and the property and he finds a murder shed with a gun Mm -hmm. a gun and some like shackles or something and and all these torture implements and yes and then there's a cage like that you would keep a maybe a pig or livestock in like small livestock like chickens like a chicken coop and there's a doll there and then for a split second you see a girl's like a, a child's hand holding it with blood mm-hmm. on the arm and i'm like what is happening like is the therapist a serial killer and this is how she gets her victims to like oh yeah go on this like artist retreat and have your Come mental breakdown yeah exactly like i don't i i had no clue where this was going he he finally gets a good night of sleep and so he has a normal day and then he goes back to the cabin that night or the the house or whatever and shit gets real and I don't even remember how it started, but basically his delusion, his hallucination of himself is like, they're coming for you. They're going to kill you. You might as well kill yourself to take that power away from them because you don't want them to have the power. 
And he's like, okay, maybe. And like, I, I don't know. He has a dream of him being in a, like, it. I don't even know the timeline with all of this stuff, but he has a dream where he's taking a bath and he's listening to a song like Flight of the Valkyries. Flight of the Valkyries, yeah, which and, is uh, played a couple times in the movie. And having flashbacks of helicopters dropping them in and very like, um what's the uh, what's the name of that movie? Apocalypse Now. Kind okay. Of thing, yeah. Sure. I've never seen that one. And he has a dream of like he suddenly sees one of the Raven Men, and the Raven Men reaches in with claw fingers and slices his stomach open, and then he wakes up on the couch. And he's like, oh, and it's dark outside. And then somebody like bangs on the window. And that was a jump scare scare, there. You're like, okay, that one got me. And I was just like, I don't understand the plot of this movie to care what's happening. Um, I kind of understand what it's trying to emulate, which is like PTSD flashbacks and, Mm -hmm. and, and all of that. And my goodness, of course, like I'm... I'm not saying I, I, I hate that concept, but again, the execution, I think it is too surreal. I think there is a, there's a, a, a mental health issue that mm-hmm. lies beneath, like on top of or beneath the PTSD that was already there. And so we, we slowly pick up bits and pieces and apparently one of his guys that he was working with was basically killing people instead of taking them in for questioning and he didn't like that and so he refused to kill one of the guys who had attacked the the squad and then he ended up killing his guy like the officer like the flashbacks are just like did this actually happen or is this him working out what he would have done yeah that's that's definitely the part that like is the hardest to watch this movie is that some of it, like it feels like did this really happen or not? Or you know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel real and it doesn't have that weight of like a real event behind it. Right. I mean, of course they're drawn on real events. They're they're pulled from the headlines sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that. Yeah. This is where the movie's like, I think I like part of it. I think if the if the flashbacks were more grounded in a in a realistic way Mm -hmm. of like oh this actually happened, I would have had more buy in. But unfortunately, the flashbacks were him hallucinating what could have happened or what would have happened. And the whole thing is that the ravens are trying to take your eyeballs, and we keep seeing images of soldiers who are walking towards him without their eyeballs. Yeah, and he has a picture of him and two other guys. Or is he in the picture? I can't remember. I think he's in the picture. And I think the one he might have shot had its eyes pushed out first or something. And then yeah. the other one also did eventually. And I then, think. yeah, eventually all three of them had their eyes. Like somebody, he picked up the picture and was like, oh, somebody stabbed the eyes out of all of the. And so then yeah. he started to get really paranoid. And so it's just, and then he threw it in the fire and then it showed up somewhere else. Like this picture keeps it's very symbolic and so finally towards the end was when we see the friend get shot because main dude andrew Mm -hmm. decided andy andrew um decided he wasn't going to shoot the guy that they were supposed to take in for questioning and he was like what are you doing he is he's attacking all of us this is you know the right thing to do and so he gets he's like you you better do it you better do it and pushes him up against the wall and he's like fine i'll do it so he holds up the gun and last minute turns and shoots him and is like, oh, I think I get it. He, this is what he should have done. And that's not what he did. And so now going back, you know, therapists have 
those kind of exercises where they're like, okay, go back to a time when you felt alone and what color surrounds you. What is a color that you associate with being happy? And now go back in that memory and surround yourself with the color that, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, this is thought work. This is memory work. This is changing the memory for what should have happened that didn't. And so there's a lot of survival guilt. But at the same time, I think he regrets the choices that he made in combat. And unfortunately, I think that resonates with a lot of people. Like, hey, I was following orders. Like, yes, but you still have that regret kind of thing um, that you have to now deal with as a civilian. So I think that's what's going on there. And then he was walking out of the cabin. And I was like, oh, I get it. And then who's at the fucking end of the dirt drive but the fucking ravens who are now holding machetes and scythes and like wearing chain mail. They they just keep getting cooler and cooler as the time passes. But at first they were just like black figures. And now they actually have, um, I don't know. Like you would see them at the Renaissance Fair. Oh, absolutely. It's It's super cool. There was there was a part though when the his double is talking about the ravens that are coming these like creatures that are coming after him, and he talks about how they come after soldiers who survived the war but didn't, and I think that's part you know that's part of what the story is trying to get at is like it you know what's the because the, they even talk about it in one of his poems or whatever like these people are coming back but they're not they're not back like they're still there they died over there that person is no longer here and so he's like writing a letter to his sister or whatever and like hey don't mourn me i died a long time ago and yeah. that you know what i mean and that kind of like being left there and i was like oh that's a really interesting concept but then they don't explore it too much more either yeah um because like, he says something about it it's drawn from like norris mythology i don't know if that's true or not but there's definitely some norris like mythology yes interwoven into here there and he has a very, like, Scandinavian Viking type of look mm-hmm. to him, which is, you know, easy on the eyes. But anyway, he sees the raven. He turns back. There's a raven behind him. And so he goes into the forest and into, a, a, like, an abandoned building. And he's, like, running from them. No, that was after he scouted them out. He has the flashback. And then when he comes to, the ravens are gone. So he goes back to the cabin, gets the murder shed rifle grabs a piece of meat mm-hmm. and puts it on a spike in the middle of a field, hides behind one of the like low stone fences and waits for them to come and falls asleep when he quote unquote wakes up. I don't even know if he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so frustrating that you don't know what's grounded in reality and not. And I know that's the point because in, when you have PTSD flashbacks, you don't know what's reality and what is not. But at as a movie, you need something to tell the audience that this isn't real. Like, maybe not at first, but at, at the end, you need, like, a sound or something or an indicator that this is real and this is not. Otherwise, we get confused. Anyway, so he waits for them. He wakes up. He hears the, the call of the raven. And he looks over and hears the three ravens coming uh, towards the meat. And so he starts shooting at them and then he takes off running and there's like an abandoned ruined building that's half standing, half not. And so he's hiding and then all of a sudden they find him and I don't know what happens. They're chasing him and he ends up like they're in this uh, abandoned kind of cottage 
that's like a couple of walls left on it or whatever. And then it kind of turns into what appears to be an abandoned hospital. Yes. And that's when you see like the lost souls of like other soldiers who have come back and committed suicide or overdosed on drugs right. or, uh, you know, this or that. And so they're kind of haunting this place and the ravens have stolen their eyes and they're coming after him and chasing him through in and out. And we start seeing what really happened to, or at least what I'm pretty sure is supposed to be like what actually happened and where his fear of ravens comes from is that like the, there was an incident there where he got injured. There were some rebel troops coming behind them while they were trying to escape. He falls or gets shot in the back or something and he falls and two guys come back for him. But the guy who he did not shoot, or at least a person with that guy's face, launches a missile launch or a rocket launcher at the helicopter, blowing it up, injuring the guys who were coming back for him. Uh, everyone appears to be dead from the mission except for him. And he hears like a couple of other guys like screaming. And so he starts dragging himself over there. And one guy's sitting there with his entrails hanging out as he dies. And then another guy's got his eye hanging out and, uh, Andrew's kind of coming in and out of consciousness and then he sees ravens like eating his friends and one of them is still alive while the raven's plucking its eye out and mm -hmm. that's where his fear of ravens comes from and then it kind of is done I guess he confronts kind of what happened and his part in that uh, because I, I don't know if the guy who shot the rocket was really the guy that was chained up or is that like what he projected onto that person yeah I don't know you know what I mean right I don't know. It, it's odd. I can't, you know, it's hard to tell about the story because there's some, there's so much that's kind of it's un yeah, unclear. Incongruous. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, you don't know what is chronological. You don't mm -hmm. know what is flashback. You don't know what is hallucination or him manipulating his memory. Um, and because I swear <clears throat> during one part of the flashback, he's got his full beard that he has in the normal timeline. And then in another part of the flashback, like he's when clean shaven. He's clean and shaven. I, I, at least I'm pretty sure that happened. But it, once again, it's like hard to tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't tell you 100% that happened, but I think it did. And I don't know if that was intentional if it did. I don't know. And like then he, we see him packing up, leaving. Meeting up with his therapist, giving her a hug. And, and... she gives him some keys to, for, for a place to stay. Yeah. And that's the end. That's the end. And then it has just the worst CGI credit sequence. Like, it's with just really Egyptian? ugly Like, it's, yeah, it's some sort of, like, writing, on, like, it almost Egyptian looking, like a pyramid, yeah. but kind of ink into, I don't know. Like... It wasn't runes. Right. Which would have made sense with, like, the... The Norse and, and everything, the ravens, and the they had, like, I don't want to say it's burning crosses, but it, burning crow's feet mm -hmm. in the yard at one point, which I thought was a pretty powerful image. Yeah, it looked really neat, too. Yeah. Um, they had faces stretched out over them that yeah. looked odd. With teeth. They had teeth. Because, yeah. Even though teeth aren't connected to the face, but I guess to make it recognizable that yeah, helped I, I don't know but yeah so like all of this norse stuff and then all of a sudden i felt like it was a pyramid mm -hmm. or like a, a statue of some sort a tomb with riding down the side that was reminiscent of hieroglyphics of 
Egyptian mythology. So like it was it was strange that there was so many different cultures coming together for this. I mean, even like Arabic raven mm-hmm. mythology in it like it just it's so mishmashed of yeah and i'm i'm not opposed to that like mm-hmm. if if multiple cultures have a raven story which they do mm-hmm. why not combine them and and weave this kind of story throughout i just great concept i understood what you were doing but as a viewer i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't think it was as executed as it needed to be and the poster and like the cover of the movie had a girl on it getting and she was like bleeding and it looked like she was being attacked by ravens but that is not what this movie is no like, like there's a guy mm-hmm. there was no girl except for the therapist mm-hmm. and like a little girl in, in the war scenes and yeah. that was it and there was no ravens <laughs> around women at all yeah but that was the unkindness <sighs> of ravens yeah it was not as bad as I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, no, it definitely was not the movie I thought when I first saw the cover. I was like, oh, bird killer, killer birds movie. All right, yeah, we can we can watch killer birds movie. This is not what that was. This no. is like, this is Jacob's Ladder uh, made for $20,000. Like, this is, which I have not watched in forever, but that's another Jacob's like PTSD Ladder. horror oh, okay. film uh, thing that came out in like the 90s. But yeah, I, I've never been to combat. I am not a veteran. I'm a military brat, mm-hmm. but like I, it was triggering for me. Like I was, I know who they made it for, but at the same time, I can't help but thinking that a person that they made it for could not sit here and watch it without getting triggered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And maybe in, in when they're far enough into recovery where flashbacks aren't happening, maybe then, but at the same time, it's like, you don't want to regress that recovery at all. And so I think it's eye opening, but at the same time, I'm not entirely certain that it was only PTSD that they were dealing with. Cause part of it is, is hallucinating yourself to talk Mm -hmm. to to yourself and then disagree and i think there was a moment where it clicked because he he kept denying you're not real you're not real and then finally he started talking to himself as if he was real like you are just the embodiment of my inner thought process and so he's like oh did you see them where did they go and like he started scheming with himself and i think that's when we saw less of the hallucination well eventually the ravens kill the hallucination oh yeah that's right and I don't know what that represents. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not sure. Are they killing his paranoia? Yeah. Are they... See, I felt like it was bait, almost, to get him to come and save himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of just questions, questions. I have from mm-hmm. this movie. I, I can't say that it's a bad movie, though. Like, it's very cheaply made and yes. a little amateurish in parts, but the main guy, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, he holds it together really well. Yes, he does. I think if you trimmed 15 minutes off the first half, get some better cameras, this could have been, like, a good movie. But... Right. And solidify, like I said, having some indication of this is men- memory manipulation and this is an actual flashback and this is his perception of reality. Like, I, there has to be a way to do that for your audience who's trying to follow the plot mm-hmm. without taking away the fact that this is what PTSD can feel like a lot of the time. And like I said, I understand that that was the whole purpose of, of making it so surreal but I think they went over that line a little bit. And mm-hmm. so I, 
instead of just being like, oh, crap, this is what it's about. It was like, oh, crap, I have no idea what's going on, so I'm not buying into this movie at all. And that that's what frustrated me. And by the time I bought in, it was already like, is it over yet? <laughs> it does. It <laughs> okay, takes... I figured it out. Stop hitting me over the head with it, you know? Yeah. It takes so long to get kind of into the place where it becomes super interesting Yeah, that I think that's going to be a big hit against people trying to watch this movie. Right. I think if you can get through the first half hour, uh, it gets really interesting. I can't tell you you're going to like it, but it does. it's interesting and it's doing something... That, like, it's something we've seen before. Like I said, Jacob's Ladder covers the subject pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a bad, badly made movie. No. Just and, cheaply and a little amateurish. But yeah, and... You see potential there. Yeah. And asking questions is not oftentimes a bad thing, especially when it's something as important as PTSD and, like, veterans' issues like this. Like, it's it gets us talking. Mm-hmm. Like we have been. But uh, would you do a menu? Me? You're the one who does the menu, ma'am. <laughs> I don't coffee to stay awake for the first little bit because it's, <laughs> it's kind of boring. Black coffee. Black coffee. Because um, the ravens are black. You could make eyeball soup. No, please don't. <laughs> no. Little eyeball martinis. I don't know. No. I don't know. This is a hard movie to 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 want to eat during, too, because yeah, that, that eyeball so stretching out scene. Mm-hmm. Keep, like, they do that a couple times. Um, they they really got used out of the one eyeball that mm-hmm, they could yeah. make. <laughs> um, isn't there like a fairy tale? Not a fairy tale. A like nursery rhyme, like Mother Goose nursery rhyme about crow pie or something. Yeah, seven twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. There you go. Make a pie. That used to be a thing they would do. By the way, what they'd take live birds and put them into a pie, and then when you cut them open, they'd like fly out, and it was like a big like, ooh, look what we did. I don't oh, know no. why you would do that though. Like it's so weird. That poor, that poor bird. Birds. It would be a bunch of birds oh, in God. a big pie dish, and they would. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sensitivities should have included the animal imagery yeah. because it was a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There, there's a dead duckling. There's a dead dove. Oh God, that one. Oh, I was like, and can we turn this off? There's a dead bird. There's a dead rabbit. There's yeah. A dead deer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, there's not a whole lot to eat for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it's coming to the time to rank the movie. Sure. To rate, to cast judgment upon it. Um, what kind of uh, scale do we want to use? One to ten? Murder sheds. Murder sheds. One to ten plucked out eyeballs. Mm, one to ten chainmail wearing ravens. It's not bad. One to ten mysterious women's on the cover of the DVD case. Yeah, because she wasn't even the therapist. I, I don't I don't think she was, but I I, I couldn't like I couldn't tell you one hundred. She does not look like the therapist. At yeah, all. she doesn't much look like the therapist if she is the same person. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was just weird. One to ten mystery girls on the cover. <laughs> let's do it. All right. So. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can't recommend this movie because, I mean, for most people, this is just going to be a really boring kind of slog to get through at least the first bit. Um, And then it's very mind trippy there at the end. But I still enjoyed it once it got started. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to say kind of like I would like to see it remade with a little bit more money behind it and a little bit more give the guy a couple more directing opportunities, maybe get another Passover on the script, something like that. And usually for me, that's a three, but I think this is better than most threes because I would watch this one again. 
uh, knowing like, hey, drink some coffee for that first little bit because <laughs> it takes a little while to get started. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a five, uh, five mystery womans on the DVD. Uh, this was a lot, but going into it, I did not expect much, but, um, <laughs> this was, this was a, a pretty thought, thought provoking movie. And, uh, but like I said, I can't recommend it, but you know, if this sounds like something that you're like, Oh, kind of mind trippy, I'm in the mood for something weird and kind of psychedelic almost, well, not really psychedelic. I don't know. Mind trippy though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, this is a good one for that. What about you? Did the actor do anything else? Jamie Scott Gordon. Uh, he's been in a, a few things I've never heard of for We Are Many, uh, a movie from a couple of years ago, Automa, The Devil's Machine. I haven't seen that one. Like, nothing I've ever, ever seen before. But yeah, he's done some some small films, it looks like. Okay, see, I would like to see that guy in a, in a bigger movie. Like you said, with mm-hmm. a, a bigger budget and, a, you know, better cameras and stuff. Because that guy really did ca- carry it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't... <laughs> as thought-provoking as it was to give us all those questions, um, that, again, it doesn't have to be answered. We can we can discuss them um, instead. But it, I can't give it higher than a three. And that's understandable. Like yeah. I was kind of sitting on the three fence for a little bit, but I think. Uh, but like you I, skipped right over four and gave it a five. <laughs> well, right, like fours are bad that are super enjoyable. I don't, I, I don't want to say this movie is bad. I think there's a bunch of really good about this movie. Yes. Um, that's but, why yeah. it's not a a one or a two for yeah. me. <laughs> but I I don't I wouldn't necessarily say this one is a horror movie like it does have the gore absolutely it has one jump scare that even got you mm-hmm. um <clears throat> like it's still a horror movie but it, it's n- not one that i hate to watch i hate to watch this movie because of how much it messes with your head and you don't know what's real and what's not for whatever purpose i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> even though it's a very important reason why you don't know what's real and what's not i i still don't like that (laughs) and so i yeah i'm gonna stick with three mystery womans on the dvd all right well if you enjoyed the episode uh check us out on uh, twitter at murder she don't one tiktok and instagram at murder she don't share us with your friends families co-workers uh random people on the street just go up and shove our podcast in their face and be like listen to it don't don't do that that's assault oh okay kindly recommend to strangers on the street hey do you, do you like podcasts about movies where they spoil the entire movie for you yeah specifically horror movies then i have the podcast for you <laughs> Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't either. <laughs> I was just going to let you do it. Join us next week where we're going to uh, honor Anne Rice, who passed away recently, yes. uh, with Interview with the Vampire, uh, which I have not watched in a long time, but so I remember it being a very good movie. I think so. I remember watching it for the first time when I was the boy's age. Oh, yeah. Maybe even a little older, um, like 11 or 12. Okay. So... I I don't think I was older than 12 because it it definitely it wasn't as bad as Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was definitely like what is happening? Yeah, it's a so little So it'll it'll be fun revisiting it as a much cooler adult <laughs> than than my sheltered 
12-year-old self. Bless her. I love I, her. She made me who I am today. But then there's other times when I'm like, I really wish I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> and I just don't. Jacob's Ladder. I've I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's got Tim Robbins in it. Uh, very trippy. Like the guy comes back from uh, Vietnam okay. and he's having all these issues. And it's like this whole like, is he dead or not? Is this what he's seeing before he died? Like, I don't know. It's been a long time since I watched it, though. Like, seriously, like 30 years. Could we cover it? Yeah, I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, it's pretty horror. Like, but yeah, I don't see why not. Okay. Not for a while, though, because yeah. let me, let me get over this. <laughs> let me get my brain first. straight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, right. let's go back to, to plot and chronology and <laughs> reality-based horror. Yes. All right, so uh, join us next week for Interview with the Vampire. And until then, remember, this is what it sounds like when ravens cry. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't keep it together. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Hi.